The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, oh boy, it's the episode that Warriors fans have been waiting for. The Warriors are 9-1, folks, Um, so I address the month-long beef that I've had with Dub Nation. Uh, We also get into the most improbable tag team beef I've ever seen in basketball. Jokic brothers, not Nikola Jokic, the other two Jokic brothers versus the Morris Twins. Cannot make this shit up. So do me a favor, Brock, and drop that motherfucking beat. Today is dedicated to Golden State and the media and the fan base and really everyone on Twitter who is just coming at me in the comments, 9-1-9-1-9-1-9-1-9-1. And I do stand by my take that they are the most delusional fan base in the NBA. Like, they believe that even when the Warriors were a lottery team, that they were somehow making progress, right? They believe, oh, well, if it was just not for this and for that, and we would have won the title. And it's like Warriors media is like, oh, Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, me, Jalen Brown, Jonathan Kaminga is the future of the franchise. It's like, you're lying. You know, Bob Myers is not as good as everybody wants him to, us to believe. But they believe. They are standing and coming after you if you say anything negative about their team, and they are this way. All of this week, they're usually smoking something, and this week they're smoking, uh, this is a new term, smoking that Trista pack, which means I am the source of getting murked online because why? I was, I mean, I was wrong. I was wrong. It all began, folks, in August. Andy Liu is a friend of the show. Andy Liu and Sam Esvindiari host a podcast called The Light Years Podcast. And they talk about the Warriors. I don't know if they're really media or fans or what. And so Andy Liu puts on Twitter, the Warriors should start 9-1 and one, even without Clay. first 10 games of the season. And... We became friends actually last year when my take went cool when I said Steph wasn't Batman and then he went on an MVP. I think I'm actually good for the Warriors. Like every time I say something about them, the opposite happens. It wasn't great when I said they'd go to the finals and they didn't even make it to the playoffs. So anyway, when he said they would go 9-1, and one, my guy Andy, I couldn't just allow this delusion to continue to persist unchecked. So this is what... This is what I said. This is why I love Warriors media. Just delusional and fucking hilarious. 
My guy, Andy Lou. Warrior should start 9 and 1, even without Clay. Really? Let's take a look at those first 10 games, shall we? LA Lakers, LA Clippers, Memphis, eh, Charlotte, huh? Atlanta, huh? Could be 5 and 5, could be 6 and 4, but 9 and 1, you will not be. People got very mad at 9 and 1, you will not be. So, folks, <laughs> I was a little. Uh, concerned. I was actually a little surprised that that video immediately went viral. Like that immediately, two months, three months early from the NBA season, 10 games in, thing went crazy. This was a logical take. Like no Warriors, no real national NBA person would say that the Warriors without Klay Thompson could beat the Lakers and the Clippers and the Grizzlies and the Hawks. The Hawks had just gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. So people are like, ooh, Tristan, I'm coming back and bookmarking this. Like, ooh, I'm going to save this. And they did. They did save it, too. They did. But I was confident. I was like, you do that. You do that. Let's revisit this. All good. And then, sure enough, the season came, and the Warriors started rolling. Lakers, dub. Clippers, dub. Sacramento, of course, dub. OKC, dub. Memphis, L. OKC, dub. New Orleans, And along the way, along with every Warriors win, I continued. This video kept getting resurfaced. Hey, where you at? Who's here for? Who's here where the Warriors are three and one? Who's here for the Warriors four and one? Who's here for the Warriors five and one? Every victory was like a snowball, just running, going faster and faster downhill. Like the momentum is building, and then things really came to an impetus, a inflection point, if you will. When the Warriors beat Charlotte. Charlotte was the win when I said to myself, ooh, the math, <laughs> the math is not in my favor right now. I don't know. It's getting a little tight. This 6-4, and four, this 7-3, and three, this 8-2 and two even is starting to get a little improbable for me. And then, of course, Andy Liu, back into my mentions after that win, he responded, quote tweeted it again, brought it back to the top of the timeline and said, Queen, we coming. <laughs> and they came, boy. Yes, they did. Screenshots of my TikTok everywhere. The little like, I made a face like, mm, and that screenshot became a meme on uh, like a blunt is my face. We smoking that Trista pack. One more, two more games. We smoking that Trista pack. God, they were going to smoke me. Jordan Poole, him sliding into the camera, starts becoming the meme of who's here for Trista Crick being ratioed online. It even made it to freezing cold takes. And you know things go viral when you make it to freezing cold takes. Listen, 9 and 1 was a ridiculous assertion. Me saying that a ridiculous assertion might not come true isn't that ridiculous. So then... The Warriors only had left the Rockets and the Hawks. And let me tell you, the Rockets, they're not winning any games this year. So it was the Hawks. And everyone knows I love some Kayvon Looney, uh, but I really love Kayvon Herter. <laughs> His name's Kevin, but when the crunch time comes, he becomes Kavon. Uh, I love Clint Capella, and I'm all about ice tray. So I'm like, yes, let's go. Okay, Hawks, don't let me down, Hawks. 
and the video just continues to go viral and more viral. Who's here before the Warriors play Trey Young? Who's here? Who's here for that? Okay, what do I do next? People are salivating. The time is here. Warrior sites were blogging about this game before it even happened. Like, one more game and Trista Crick is wrong. <laughs> what? Am I Stephen A. Smith? I'm not Stephen A. Smith. What is going on here? So then the game tips off and the Hawks are up 15 points. And I'm like, Hawks are up. This could be... Listen, and to hedge, and to hedge my pain, I did take the Warriors minus three. Like, I did bet Warriors minus three in case the inevitable happens, I at least win money. And then I'm sort of right. And then I'm like, okay, I'll lose some money for this take to technically be right. On a technicality, I would still be right. And then Steph went absolutely nuclear. Steph, 50 points, drops 50 points on the last game. I'm like, Steph here heard it. Steph had to have heard it. He's like, this is it. This is the 10th game. I'm going to absolutely go bonkers. I'm literally going to hit every shot from half court. Literally, if I had a dollar for every time the announcer said, Steph Curry, heat check. And I was like, they're talking about my podcast right now. Steph Curry, heat another. That's three heat checks for Steph Curry. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. Yes, boy, we did. <laughs> so to all of that to say. How do I wriggle out of this? I don't think I can. The Warriors are 9-1, and one, and I was wrong. And, you know, I wasn't really wrong because it was a it, – we're in the prediction business. <laughs> but I was wrong when I firmly asserted that 9-1 and one they would not be because that 9-1 and one right now they are. And to be fair, I didn't say they would go 6-4. and four. I said they could go 6-4. and four. Hurt people, that's a very nuanced distinction. It's not technicalities. So let's break down what's happening with the Warriors now. All of that to say, we gave you the backstory. What's happening? Who are the Warriors 10 games into the season? I'm going to do three things. I'm going to tell you what happened that I saw coming, what Happened that I absolutely did not see coming because there were some things. And finally, because the Warriors still, the fan base, excuse me, the Warriors fan base is still delusional. I'm going to throw a little splash, a little cold water on you. Because they are now already planning their victory parade. They're already spending money on finals tickets. Like they are, that's where they are. Like that's why I troll them. Here is what I saw coming. Steph Curry is Batman. Steph Curry is going to have an MVP season. Steph Curry is going to go nuclear on many nights. He is going to be must-see TV. We're going to be talking about him all season. Tenth career 50-point game. Tenth 50-point game. He is the oldest player in the NBA history to ever drop 50 with 10 assists at 30-plus years old. Underneath him is Wilt Chamberlain at 31. Another thing I saw coming was Jordan Poole, killing it. I mean, everyone on earth said that it would be this breakout year and that Jordan Poole would be that way, and he did. And he balled the last 10 games of last year. So he averaged 18 a game the last 10 games, and he's averaging 18 now. So, yeah, Jordan Poole. Could Jordan Poole, though, be as much of a consistent force 
uh, a safety valve for Steph until Clay came back, I did not know. I wasn't. It wasn't a firm no, but it wasn't a firm yes. But also, what I did see coming that a lot of folks did not see coming because they're still mad about this take is that Kaminga and Moses Moody or Moses Modi, as Kendrick Perkins would call him, are G League players. They are not guys you will lean on in any form or fashion because everybody was saying, oh, yeah, and Kaminga is going to be able to play right away. And as soon as him and Moses Moody and Wise, no, those three guys are non-factors. The, the most respectful way I can disrespect those three is right now they are non-factors. They're both, all of them right now, Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, all relegated in some way to the G League. So those were the things that did not surprise me. Uh, but there were things that did, right? First of all, Andre Iguodala I thought was washed. <laughs> I thought he was washed. I did. I can't lie. He went to Memphis, sat nowhere. He was at home on, at, on his bed, basically. He was not doing anything. He told the world, I'm not playing basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies. They are trash. I'm only going to a contender. Ended up taking a buyout to M- M- uh, Miami, excuse me, and then... I don't know what happened, but Pat Riley and Eric Spolster didn't really use Andre Iguodala. And I thought to myself, they didn't use Andre Iguodala probably because he's old as fuck, right? He is old. He was a finals MVP. Does he have enough? He was a two-way guy that once you lose a little athleticism, you are now non-relevant. I tell you what it was like. Andre Iguodala went into a cryogenic freezer. In Miami, the the like heat version of the cryo infrared sauna, where he literally just I don't know turn if I could turn back time, you know, like that. That's what Andre Iguodala did in Miami. Like he is now back in Golden State, which is the only place that he wanted to play. Only Golden State. I think there was like a little like chatter about the Nets, but not really. He really wanted to go back to the place that he actually lives. And now it's like, holy shit, Andre Iguodala is actually dunking? It's like when Blake Griffin went to the Nets and you're like, oh yeah, you were playing possum. You weren't actually old. You weren't actually injured. You were not washed. You just wanted the world to think you were washed so that they would buy you out for nothing. Literally so you would be discarded so you could go to the place you really wanted to play. Right? I did not see that move coming. I did not see that move coming. Uh, he is anchoring the defense, which we'll get to in a second. That shocking start is because of the defense. They, they were a top five defense the last 20 games of last season, but they had some real struggles midway through. Like, they right now have a, a defensive rating of 97, which is abs- absurd. Like, that is... To communicate how ridiculous that is, is like nobody's even under 100 below besides them. Like they are the only team that's holding opponents to less than 100 points. No other team below 100. And they're doing that because of Andre Iguodala. They're doing that because Iggy and Draymond Green as a duo are like, yo, we are going to be back to this tough-nosed, gritty, defensive-minded team. And they're coaching players like Bialicha. Bialicha is a defensive liability, mostly on paper. And right now, he's playing great defense. Did not see that coming. Another thing I did not see coming, which we need to talk about, is that depth. Like, I saw that roster, and I'm like, oh, God. 
they really who is gonna give them buckets? Is it because it can't be Draymond Green? Draymond Green's gonna give you eight points a night. Like so, you got Steph with fifty. He can't average fifty a night. So Steph with thirty-five, right? And then you got Draymond with ten, maybe eight. So that's 43, 43 points. Where's the rest of the points coming from? Okay, then Jordan Poole would we'll call it eighteen. You do the math. And they're like, okay, I'm like, I'm, at, I'm halfway to a hundred, right? Where is it all coming from? You got Ubre chucking, he's gone. Ben Bazemore chucking, he's gone. That ended up being a great thing for them because the ball stoppers now they're in motion. Now everything's moving. People are cutting without the ball. They're playing the almost like the beautiful game version of basketball. Strength in numbers. Damian Lee averaging 12 points a game. I can't believe that. You got Bialicia, he's playing his part. Andre Iguodala, he's giving them buckets. I don't know what's happening. I actually still can't really make sense of it. You look at the box score and you're like, I don't really understand how those numbers all add up to 115, but they do. They look like two points here, four points there, six points there, seven points there. It's like literally Steph, Poole, and then a bunch of random little sprinklings, like little salt and pepper, little oregano, little thyme, like, and then they're the meat, right? And then you're like, oh, yeah, they're getting green beans and mashed potatoes back. Clay Thompson's coming. He's going to give you, who knows, 25? And Gary freaking Payton, Jr., the second, whatever, each one, I don't know, he's leading, he's second in the NBA in three-point percentage, 56%. So it's Lee, Bialicia, Peyton, and Toscano. Those are guys. Those are not guys. You know what I mean? They're not guys. They're guys in this system, but they're not stars. The coaching staff, I had no idea about either. Like Kenny Atkinson is known for his player development. And to be fair, the Golden State Warriors basically looked like trash on the development side. And they cleaned house, bought Hired, hired, we'll call it hired, but bought all new coaches to help them with the development. And that shit is working. I tell you what, hooey. Draymond and Iguodala and Kenny Atkinson, he's also known for like his ridiculous practices and training regimen. And like, it's like Tom Thibodeau came to Golden State. That's, that's Kenny Atkinson. And they're like, wow, okay. So they are playing that beautiful game, defensive minded, but on top of that, Another low-key thing I didn't see coming was rebounding. They are insanely good at rebounding despite not having a single player averaging more than 8.8 rebounds a game. Like, that's crazy. Like, they're all just rebounding like crazy because a stop is really no good if you're not getting the rebound because if if they get the rebound off a stop, it's basically like the defense didn't even exist. You wear yourself out, nothing, nothing works there. Getting stops then secures the boards, then that gets them out in the transition. Too much nerd talk, but pretty much the Warriors in that case, when they get rebounds and they get stops, they are unstoppable. Dribble drive, hit threes, night-night, sleep mask. So all of that to say the Warriors don't have to have state Steph wear the cape anymore. Steph goes nuclear, but he doesn't have to go nuclear, if that makes sense. That's a huge difference. So now, here's where we get to the cold water portion. (laughs) I'm sorry, Warriors fans, but there is something ridiculous happening, and the 9-1 has only fueled it, right? They now believe you know, believe in Ted Lasso and, like, believe Warriors. Like, we believe team. Like, the Warriors fan base now says we are winning the title. Let me just be very, very clear. You are not winning the title this year. 
they probably will. They probably will now. They probably will now, won't they? Let me just look at the camera and say, if you win the title after November 9th, 2021, you're fucking welcome. You are fucking, this happened with the Bucks. This happened with the Bucks, actually, right around now, 11 games into the season. I said the Bucks would never win the title, and they won it. So you're welcome. So you're welcome. Back to that. Back to that. These, these fans aren't even satisfied with the hot start. They are now crowning them the kings of the West. They're now saying that they are ridiculous and, and like the title contender. I went on 95.7 the game today, and they were like, are you ready to crown us? And I'm like, no. And they're like, we'll crown them for you. I'm not trying to harsh your mellow dub nation. I'm just being realistic. You haven't beaten anyone at all yet. You haven't beaten anyone at the top of the standings yet. You have zero wins against anyone in the top six of either conference. Like, that is something to point out, right? Like, something to keep an eye on. You look good, but you look good against losing teams. 33 and 59 are your combined opponents winning stats. That is 40% winning. If you were to take that, that is a top, that is a bottom six team in the NBA. Like, they are the bottom of the barrel teams that you have played against and won. So, Memphis, you should have beaten, and you didn't. And they are still kind of right there. Let's circle back 10, 15 games down the road. Really, let's circle back in January after you played the Bucs and the Nets and the Sixers and the Suns and the and Nuggets. and the, You haven't played any of those teams. Let's not pretend also that this team hasn't had hot streaks before. They might have just had them in the beginning of the season in the most ridiculously easy, hot, like 10, 15 game stretch anybody's had in the NBA. I don't even know how they got that. Adam Silver just gifting them an easy, hot start. They had many times last year they were super hot and then they went ice cold. There was a reason that I said the Warriors could go to the finals last year because of this, this right here, this team can be this will they be this in times where the playoffs and they trap Steph and then he's turning the ball over oh boy now we go here we go again right I get Warriors fans that you think that this year is different I think this year is different too I love that the Warriors are getting their swagger and more importantly clay back I love that I hope he's fully healthy I want him to shoot I want him to be a a defensive stopper. I want to be mobile. I want to be healthy I like it when they're good despite what people think I like the Warriors being good but it is too early for this. It's too early for this. It's too early to be like, Trista, Dynasty, back on. Banners. We're just planning out where the banners are going to go. We're, we're doing our ring sizing. Even Andre Iguodala is like, yo, we haven't played anybody. We haven't played anybody. He said, the hot teams, the team's hot start, okay. It's okay. He noted their favorable schedule to open the year. No shit, it's favorable. What did I say? It was 33 and 59 combined winning percentage? Yeah, that is a very favorable schedule. Nine of Golden State's first 12 games are at home. So, yeah, not quite ready to eat all the crow, just a little piece of the crow's foot. So my final message to you guys is fucking beat somebody before you get all up in my mentions, before we start sizing guys for their ring, shall we? And in the meantime, you're fucking welcome. Again. Check it to wreck it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is, hit me. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. The beef 
I didn't even know I needed, oh my God, inject it into my veins. So here's the story. Uh, Really, just real quick recap. Nikola Jokic is a hard rock. He is a fucking monster. He is, he's very jolly. He is not playing any games. He is not playing any games. He he wants all the smoke. Not only does he want all the smoke, all of his family wants all the smoke, right? So here's what happened. During the game where the Nuggets somehow, someway beat the shit out of Miami Heat, I don't even know how. I don't know how. Without Michael Porter Jr., Markeith Morris decided he was going to put a hard elbow into Jokic's back like a side swipe. But he also put his knee behind Jokic's knee while he did that very dirty fucking play. Very dirty. And as he walked away, Jokic was not having any of that bullshit. He basically got a head running start and body checked Markeith Morris in the back. He fell fucking hard, got him, boom, drops, rolls around in pain. It's a scene. It's a scene to behold. Scuttlebutt happens on the court as it always does. Refs come in. Both guys get ejected. Then Jimmy Butler comes in and he's like, yo, bring your ass to the back. Bring your ass to the back. Let's bring that shit to the back right now. Let's fight. You know, he's basically like doing the Jimmy Butler I'm so tough thing, you know, that he does. I can't actually tell if Jimmy Butler's tough, but he seems pretty tough. I think it's just his teeth mostly. Like his teeth are not fully straight, so it makes him look more tough than he is. That's just my thought on that. And then things did not calm down <laughs> yeah, at all. I don't know why, but it does. Things did not calm down at all during the post-game pressers. Eric Spolstra, head coach of the Heat, went in. This is what he said. That was a very dangerous and dirty play. Keith took a foul, and it was one of those fast-break take fouls, basically making excuses for Mark Keith Morris, which he shouldn't have done. And then he did it with his shoulder. You might deem that as a little bit more than just slapping somebody. Yes, I do deem it more than that, yes. But after watching it on film, it was a take foul. Remember we talked about this before. I don't know really when the term take foul became a thing. It was just a simple take foul. That's how I saw it. And after the play, what Jokic did was just absolutely uncalled for. You just never see he's supposed to do that. Like it was a scene, like I said. Jokic responded this way during his postgame presser. Yeah. I thought it was a dirty foul, a dirty shot. Me and Bam were basically fighting the whole night. It was a nice fight. I think you can play fair and still play aggressive and fight with your guy, but it was a little over the edge. That's why I reacted. I'm not supposed to react that way, but the truth is I need to protect myself. So, yeah, if you thought getting a little night's sleep, rest, would uh, see cooler heads prevail, Uh, You're wrong. You are wrong. Things have gotten even more heated in the daytime today. What we got instead was somehow, someway, a tag team match where the Jokic brothers somehow got involved. They created, listen to this, they created a brand new Twitter account As as a duo. Like, can you imagine, close your eyes for a second, and imagine the Jokic brothers, two seven footers, that are brothers with Nikola Jokic with tattoos and hard rocks, and they're sitting next to each other huddled up trying to figure out how to open a Twitter account. (laughs) So that they, they don't even have an avi. They don't even know how to put a profile picture up. That's how new to this they are, but they're like, twin brother of Marquise Morris, Marcus Morris is on Twitter, let's fucking go. Let's fucking, let's go in, huddle up, making Twitter account. Own his ass, right? Own his ass. 
This is what they do. And then they follow one person and it's just Jamal Murray. Like amazing. And people on Twitter are like, hey, I know that Jokic and Jamal are very close, but that is a menacing follow. Like it being the only follow is a little scary, a little obsessive and scary. So if you thought that the Mark Marcus the Morris twins would let the whole thing slide, I mean you just don't know them. He, they are dogs. So Markeith's brother Marcus dropped this on Twitter. He said, "Wait till bro turned his back." SMH noted, ominous noted. <laughs> then Marcus Morris tweeted, "Oh no!" So then actually the the then the Jokic brothers tweeted, "You should leave this the way it is." Instead of publicly threatening our brother. Oh boy. Your brother made the dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure. Oh God. We will be waiting for you. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Uh, Jokic brothers. They literally signed the tweet. <laughs> Jokic brothers. <laughs> it's like when your mom texts you. Hey, make sure you pay your insurance bill. It's due tomorrow, Mom. Uh, yeah, I have you saved in my phone. This is like WWE to me. It's like you guys can't really be meaning this, can you? Like this is fake. This is totally real, but it's totally fake. So many threats, so much allusions to violence. Like, you want to take it out back? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. And you're like, what? <laughs> Did you just say, I don't think you're ready for this jelly? It sounds very scary, but also sexual. I don't know what's happening. And so if you think to yourself like me, this is fucking fake. Denver Nuggets reporter Mike Singer, a notable scumbag, still a reporter, tweeted this. Just got a text from Jokic's brother. This is their real account responding to Marcus Morris's tweet last night. This is their real account. They just made a brand new account for these purposes. Not a burner with some fake person trying to stir up drama. Nope, it's them. So then Marcus Morris tweeted this. You got the right ones. Believe that. Like, well, we will go outside, basically. We will take it to the streets. Get some violence. If you want this violence... You're the right, we're the right twins. You're the right brothers for the job. (laughs) What? And then the Jokic brothers responded, I don't believe that. I know that. I know that we're ready for the streets. So we don't believe that we're ready for the streets. We're from fucking Serbia. Nobody in their right minds would pick a fight with, Three seven-foot brothers from a war-torn country, except for the Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris twins. That's how you know the beef has gotten to a boiling point. Apparently, Jokic is kind of a dirty player on the court as an aside, and so people are kind of fed up with his bullshit, and he's the MVP, jolly old Jokic. And it's like, no, he's kind of dirty. So then Shannon Sharp, of course, had to come in. You can't have a real Twitter beef on the NBA without Shannon Sharp jumping in. But he's like, Jokic has the right to protect himself. And Marcus Morris, of course, quote tweets and he's like, man, shut your drunk ass up. <laughs> what? Is, is Shannon Sharp drunk all the time and I just don't know? Because he just called him drunk. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He does kind of sound. He does have Hennessy on set a lot. Now that you mention it, actually, he does. So much tea in the streets, but Markeith Morris cooled the temp down. 
cool the temp way down. And he goes, I love to see the hate. No doubt I took a hard foul, which I always do, but I've never hit a man with his back turned. Luckily, we built different over here. Wait, you don't think they're built different, differently in Serbia? They are. Let me just say this. They will do some things. I can take my licks and keep pushing. Joker one, smooth zero, LOL. And then I love the collective uh, loyalty and support from the rest of the Nuggets organization, which, listen, like, for those who are not thinking about this, like, these are the Denver, Colorado Nuggets pretending, I don't think pretending, becoming the hard rock team in the West. Uh, PJ Dozier, notable role player who struggles to stay healthy, says everyone in uh, stay ready just like we do. We're a team full of guys that aren't going to back down. We're not going to lay down. We've got each other's back. I guess. I guess, PJ Dozier. Maybe stay out of it. I just can't wait. (laughs) I just cannot wait for the next time that the Miami Heat play the Denver Nuggets. Maybe we'll get them in the finals. That would be something, wouldn't it? Cannot wait. Do not fuck with a couple of triple of Serbian brothers. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check Podcast. We will be back very early Friday morning with a special interview with the guys from the Light Years Podcast. Yes, we will. That should make Warriors fans very happy. They're going to have me probably eat crow. Uh, Don't forget to give us a follow at at Trista Crick and at This Heat Check on TikTok and download, subscribe, give us a rating on Spotify and Apple. That's all the time that we have. Can you dig it? We can.